A. Ah, namaste, dear friend. As you catch another transmission, one of the first since my baby was born, I've been kind of teetering on a lack of sleep. And last night, we got four hours straight. Boom. And I feel rejuvenated. I haven't been doing these trigger-proof transmissions because, quite frankly, I've been exhausted with uh, Dominic being now almost two weeks old. He's two weeks old on Monday. <sighs> You've been there. Let me know if you're a parent. You know that first couple of weeks where you're just going, what the fuck? <laughs> you're figuring it all out. Uh, complete lack of sleep and still running a business working with clients who sometimes are going through some really difficult transitions, divorce, separation, um, <clears throat> relationship kind of reuniting after not being together for months. That's a stressor too. These are all things that we have to adapt to plus coronavirus. So <clears throat> basically any time that you, I've discovered any time that you have a transition going on, you're called on to access a greater part of you because the old younger parts of unworthiness will take over if you're going through a transition. So I help, you know, I, I just realized I specialize in helping people who are going through these transitions, usually from kind of like a traumatic event where, you know, th things at work blew up and then you, you go shut down into a little crawl into a little hole, that transition of trying to come out, or a big blowout that happens in a relationship where it's like, we can't go back from this. Like, this is not, this is not something that can go back. Like, infidelity, violence, you name it, we see it all. And I've lived it. And so, because of my journey in living through crisis, through healing crisis, through relationship crisis, through, you know, job crisis, midlife crisis, identity crisis. It's this, this concept of crisis, coronavirus crisis, that I discovered our inability to handle crisis is what causes our healing to go downhill. As a healer, as a chiropractor that has been working really hard to help people uh, heal from you know, physical and stress-related issues, um, I realized that my journey was to help people who are going through crisis. And when I can help people going, when I can really teach them the tools of how to get through crisis, because crisis, two things happen. You either come through on the other side like unraveling and falling apart, and you know somebody who's gone through a divorce and then went on the other side and they were just worse, like they were terrible. You know people who've gone through crisis like accidents, injuries, and as a result of that, they got worse. They got worse on the other side of that. And we've also experienced people, and you yourself, where you've gone through a crisis, and actually, because of the crisis, you came out better. And that's because the word crisis in, uh, in I'm not sure if it's Cantonese or Mandarin, Somebody can let me know about that. The word crisis basically means danger and opportunity. Danger slash opportunity. It can be both. And so what I discovered was by understanding and regulating your nervous system, you can come out through a crisis better. And that is what I specialize in.
My job is to help you uh, become better through crises. That's why this Facebook group was, this community was created. It was like, whoa, we're going through a major crisis and let me teach some tools in regulation. Let me create a community, answer some questions because we're all going through a crisis together. But then what that does is that it exposes your other crises. Relationships have fallen apart. Uh, your job, you're like, do I really want to go back to that job? Like it's making us really look at ourselves, which is really good. It's a great thing. It's like waking us up. The question is, where do you want to be on the other side of it? Do you want to win? Do you want to come out like better, more creative, more connected to your heart, healthier in your body, relationships that feel more aligned and more heart-centered, doing work that you absolutely love, where you love, with whom you love? Like, this is all possible for you. This is actually your birthright. The thing that's stopping us is our inability to regulate our emotions through a crisis. Our trigger and we get knocked back into an old wound, our younger parts become activated and we're completely knocked into unconsciousness and then we have no control. We are now driven by these old stories about us. We are driven by, uh, you know, emotional stories about what's happened to us and who we are. And the crazy part is, I don't care if you've done a bunch of therapy to work on all of that stuff. Many people have, but unfortunately, it's mostly been on a cognitive level. Because when you're going through a crisis, your rational mind stops working. If you haven't noticed, this is what happens. Your rational adult neocortex mind stops working and you're now run by your child mind. You start acting like an entitled child. You start playing like a victim. You stop, by you, I'm saying we. I'm not pointing the finger. Sometimes when I, I had somebody message me, he goes, whenever you say you, it triggers me. He feels called out as though I'm talking to him. Well, that must be something. If that's happening, then that's something for you to look at because um, I'm really saying what's personal is what's universal. What's personal to you is universal to us. So there's nothing, you know, for you to be ashamed about or anything. When I say you, I'm talking about us, the collective. This is human behavior 100. If you are noticing that what I'm about to say is triggering for you, pay attention to whatever that is because what's being triggered when I say it to you is part of your shadow, is something that you're not looking at. Either you know what I'm talking about or you're completely blind to it because you've repressed it because it's too painful because the ego's worst fear is being bad. So because we are so deathly afraid of being bad, we will, we will not own up to, sit, up to things. That's where our narcissistic ego comes in. Says, no, I don't do that. We get defensive. We feel like we need to get defensive. And then you get triggered based on something I'm about to tell you. And what I'm about to tell you will likely trigger you. If uh, you're on a healing journey and you're feeling stuck and you're not one, you're wondering, why am I just here? I have the answer for you <clears throat> based on 20 years of experience. So it might trigger you because my experience throughout my chiropractic practice is when I would tell this to people, it was very unpopular. It was very unpopular, especially among, guess who? White women. <laughs> that might trigger you as well. That's why they call it Karens. White women over the age of, white women <laughs> have a... And I say this jokingly because I'm married to a white woman, so we, we joke about this all the time. Um, it's, it's this 
this deep need to be good and right. And so when we expose a dark part of us that we don't want somebody to know, the shame is so much that there's reactivity and, and, and defensiveness. So I'm going to invite you to take a deep breath and just, if you're on a healing journey, just kind of sit back and understand that what I'm saying to you, it might trigger you because we're going to talk about healing and what's stopping you from healing. And, you know, or it'll trigger you into saying, fuck you, Nima, I never want to see you again, which you wouldn't be the first one to say that. That's okay. Or the next one, which would be, okay, it hurts what you're saying, but I really, I'm, I'm so committed to healing that I want to hear more, even though it might hurt my feelings or it might uh, upset me or it might make me feel ashamed and bring up a lot of guilt. Uh, I want to hear more. And if you are one of those people, I want you to know that nothing that I'm about to share with you, I'm blaming on you. The biggest accusation that I get from my from the trolls on Facebook, hey, what's up, Caleb? The biggest uh, accusation I get from the trolls on Facebook, the people on Facebook who are triggered by what I say and have to come back at me, <clears throat> is that I'm victim blaming. So I want you to know that that's not the case. This is not about blaming you as the victim because we all have a victim inside of us. And so we, when we're unconscious and we don't know that that's running the show, like it's serving a need for us. So we're, it's running the show. So if we are it, we can't see it. So when somebody calls it out, it's a huge ego defense that comes up that doesn't want to see it. Yes, you want to hear more? Okay, Vicky. Here it is. I want you to imagine if you're going through a health healing journey, whether it's a breakup and you're just still resentful and there's a heartbreak going on and you're still, uh, or there's like physiological issues, long-standing anxiety, digestive issue, hormonal issue. That's just like, I don't understand. The doctors can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm going to tell you why you're not healing. And um, you can throw it back at me and say, fuck you, and that's fine. Or you can actually listen. Because this is coming from a 20 years of experience in the health-related health field. And this is why I left chiropractic, because I didn't want to work with those people anymore. Because I could see that they weren't healing. And it's not at their fault, but there was something blocking them, and they were refusing to see it. So let me know if, if any of this lands. Tell me right in the comment section. Please engage with me because I can't see you. So number one, why you're not healing. The first thing, and I want you to write down, reason number one is that your lack of healing and your stuckness, your, you staying sick, you saying st staying stuck, you staying miserable the way you are, it's filling a need. It's filling a need of your personality, not a need of your higher self. It's filling a need of your personality, of, of, an, of our insecure personalities. Now, what do we need in our personalities? The, the four needs of personality. We need certainty, a sense of control and familiarity, sense of power of some sort. Okay, we need certainty. You got to look. Is any of this health issue giving you a sense of power and no note I'm not blaming you hold on one second I'm just going to put the dog away
Georgia was whining. So, so what does it do? What need? <clears throat> this need for need number one. We need certainty. We need a sense of power. We need a sense of control in our lives. If we feel powerless and we just can't, we just don't. We just feel like a victim all the time, powerless. Okay. Then. The illness, the sickness, yeah, you get it, Vicky. You know any body worker, any acupuncturist, chiropractor, massage therapist, doctor will tell you exactly. They're like, oh, whenever I say this, they are like, oh, I feel so validated. I could totally see it with my patients or clients. If there's a need, an unconscious need for you to stay in control when you feel out of control, maybe the illness or the issue or the problem is giving you a sense of security. Certainty, excuse me, familiarity. Certainty, power, familiarity, you know, what is it, right? It's not, it's not going to be comfortable to, it's not going to be comfortable for you to admit that. And I can understand if you can't see it because it's a blind spot because there's so much shame. Okay, that's fine. But that's one of the reasons. The other reason when you're looking for certainty is there's a familiarity, if you have had this for a very long time, I know one guy who's anxious. He's been anxious pretty much all his life. It's so familiar to him that to let go of the anxiety, he wouldn't know who he is anymore. The question you want to ask is, if you want to see if this is one of them, one of the hidden agendas you have, you want to ask, who would I be without this story? Who would I be without this thing, with this problem, this issue? <clears throat> it gives you a sense of control. You get to speak your mind, your boundaries. And it's not your fault. It's just important for you to actually look at it and say, oh, okay, that's why it's fulfilling a need. Because if you don't see it, it's going to take over and it will block your healing. But if you're ready to heal, your, your job is to look at it, see it, and go, oh, this is what I'm trying to get certainty and control. Well, maybe I can fill that need with something healthier than this illness. So that you empower yourself. Does that make sense? Let me know if this is making any sense to you. Okay. The second reason, the second need is significance. A lot of people, especially if <clears throat> you grew up and you were forgotten and there was no emotional attunement from your parents, but the only time that you felt love from your mother or father was when you got sick or when you got injured, guess what you're going to do? again and again and again so that you can fulfill that need of significance, the other need of connection, the other need of uncertainty, drama. So a lot of drama, uncertainty, control, um, familiarity, connection, love, importance. If you don't feel those things in your life, don't be shocked if you actually create an illness unconsciously to get all of those needs met. It's the quickest, most effortless way. It's not gonna, it's not healthy. It's definitely not healthy, but your ego doesn't care. It's gonna do whatever it takes to get those needs met, sometimes creating an illness. Now it's very painful for us to realize that. The first step, you need to admit it if you wanna shift it. Let me say that again. You need to admit it if you want to shift it. When we work with people who are 
reaching out because they're dealing with chronic problems, Lyme disease, digestive issues, chronic fatigue, digestion, digestion. They've tried all the things. They're like, I know it's emotional. I sit them down. Like, I have to do an interview with you, and I grill you, and I can be a little bit tough, but I want your freedom. Oftentimes, like, you don't understand. My heart is huge for your freedom. My heart is really, like, I don't, I, I'm not available for your for for working with people I, that's why i left chiropractic for working with people who want to maintain that story and part of it is the reality that holy shit i'm i can't, i'm not healing because this illness is fulfilling my needs that's the first step to healing because you got to admit it let me know if you know somebody okay let me know vicky thank you let me know if you know somebody who has this situation going on or if you're willing to be brave because that's how we heal we heal in community in this community write in the comment section yeah i get sick to get my needs met it gets my needs met financial needs met it gets my like let's call it out and there's no shame in it Let's just put the shame and blame aside because I know this wasn't something you did on purpose. This is an unconscious thing. But are we going to stay where there or do you actually want to heal? Like this is a journey. This is a road to recovery. It's like a climb from base camp to the Mount Everest. And that climb is about loving yourself exactly as you are. This is every human being's responsibility. You're no different. It's my responsibility too. My number one job in this world so that I can be good for my, my son, my wife, my clients, for you, is to make loving me the number one priority. Because when I do, then I show up with an open heart for you. And then you can feel me more. You can see that I have no other agenda except to educate you on this and encourage you to join the climb because it's very worthwhile because if you don't do it if you don't call that out you are forever going from one doctor to another looking for someone to rescue you you are looking from one doctor that's why you've gone to all the things but you haven't taken the time to heal the attachment traumas that have led you to fulfill getting your needs met through getting sick if you're a little boy or little girl who only got love from mom and dad when you got ill and injured which is one of the clients that she was at my, my workshop she's like oh my god my 13 year old daughter that's what she's doing and her daughter was actually on the group call and she was listening the daughter sits down next to her and goes she's always getting ill injured and ill and i'm like really tell me more and it goes well me and her me and my husband broke up and she doesn't see her dad as much and he's a medical doctor. So get this. What better way to get the attention of her medical doctor father, who never is around, than to get sick? Now you got to admit it to shift it. So she opened her eyes and was like, oh, that's the first step because it's unconscious. Does that make sense? So that's the first thing. It's fulfilling a need. Why else are you not healing? And now, when you call it out, all of a sudden you see, you see it. If you can see it, you don't have to be it. You see it and you go, holy crap, I, I'm totally using this to get empowered. Oh my God, I'm, I'm getting money. I know, I know a very good friend of mine who is getting a disability check every month <clears throat> as long as he has paralyzing anxiety. It's 
long, about five grand a month. So you tell me, is he really going to be wanting to get out of that? See how there's an unconscious strategy to stay stuck because of the fear of having to do it on his own? <laughs> how I faked an injury to get attention as a kid. Caleb, there you go. Interesting. Perfect. That's how it works. You're not the only one to fake an injury to get attention. Who kind of like is exaggerating injuries? It's so common. Ex-partners and, oh, don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on an ex-partner exaggerating things for, for attention and to get her needs met. This is exactly why you're not healing. This is exactly why. That's the first step. And it's going to be painful and very triggering. Let me know if anything I'm saying right now is pissing you off. If it's triggering you, A, either <clears throat> A, I'm an asshole, or B, it's exposing a part of you that you don't really, you're not too proud of, and it's pissing you off. Or C, both, I'm an asshole and it's pissing you off. Whichever one works for you, I'm okay with. <laughs> Fuck you, Nima. <laughs> All right, number two. Number two reason why you're not actually healing. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Because you're too afraid to face it and feel it. There are younger parts of you that have been wounded and to survive the pain of those experiences of trauma as a child, which could be capital T or small t, being invalidated again and again and again, you fracture or fragment from yourself and create different personas to get your needs met. You create the shy, quiet persona because it's too unsafe to speak up and express yourself. You get hit or whatever, boom, you create a little shy, weak persona. And then you also create maybe a deceitful one that gets whatever they need to do to get their needs met. Boom, you create another one. And so what happens is these are all fractures of the real self that are started because we're confronted by intolerable things we just didn't want to feel. In order for us to heal that, we, ha we, we have to face it and feel it. We have to heal our attachment wounds with mother, with father. Everything that you're going through right now that you're conflicted and triggered by is not actually happening from right now. 
it's from these primary core attachment wounds that nobody yet has shown you how to access. And it's damn scary. It's great. I'm the one of the biggest fans of holistic psychologists um, and people who write books and content and videos about healing with that inner child. It's so important for us to do. The problem is, is the really deep, dark stuff isn't available with a journal or a video, YouTube video or even a podcast. We must be guided into connecting with those parts of us we don't want to face and feel. Because if you're left to do it on your own without the right guide, you're going to, you're going to avoid like you've been avoiding up to now because it's uncomfortable. I definitely tried being the quiet one not to get noticed to protect myself in school. Exactly. One part of Maureen that showed up. So the reason why you're not healing is because you're like so many people that are afraid to face it and feel and integrate those younger parts. And they use, how do you know? Because you go to therapists and use cognitive bypassing. You talk therapy your way. I've been doing counseling and therapy for three years. I've done the work. No, you haven't. Talking, I, one of my clients that I've, been, that I've been working, who just started working with me recently, going through a separation, trying to figure out which way he wants to go, he, I, he's been doing, I, I, when he reached out, I said, don't you have a therapist? Don't you have a counselor that you're going to? He goes, I've been going to him for two years every week. It's gotten me nowhere. I'm like, why do you think? He goes, because we just keep talking about things. We just talk. I just talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, talking is a very convenient way to avoid facing and feeling it. So one of the reasons why you're not healing is because you're too afraid to face and feel and you're just doing talk therapy every week, going and having your story validated, which is nice and very important, especially in the beginning when you feel so disempowered. But you want to you wanna work with somebody who's going to call you out. It's going to basically go, ah, I have one client who basically refuses to acknowledge any of her growth, any of her, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's extremely blocked. And she's not seeing how all of these complaints, she's actually getting her needs met. She's not seeing it. Or she sees it and then chooses to keep holding on to the story that, oh, I'm, I'm hopeless. And she's not seeing that that victim story is really helping her. She's not able to call it out yet. Or she does, but she refuses to. And in those cases, it's like, mm, no, I'm going to confront you here. <laughs> look again. Look again. And our childlike state wants someone to save us and rescue us and tell us the answer. But, it, but... We, we resist looking at ourselves. We don't want to face it. We don't want to feel it. We choose to hold on a story. We choose, we choose to uh, stay stuck in our place because it's getting our needs met and it's a convenient way of avoiding feeling and looking at ourselves. Talk therapy, cognitive bypass. It's important to talk to somebody but if you're using it as a way to avoid feeling, then you're going to stay stuck. You'll notice your therapy will only get you so far. 
we got to go into the shadow parts, into the shame, into the guilt, and we got to expose it. We got to bring it out rather than trying to avoid it by talking. We got to actually feel it, the loneliness, the insignificance, the unworthiness that we feel. Instead of projecting out and saying nothing is working there, it's like, oh, we got to go inside and feel the insignificance of it. That's, that's where the magic is. That's where healing is, by allowing ourselves, instead of the whole story of, oh, poor me, poor me, I'm not getting it. That's just a way to avoid going in and really feeling the depths of the failure that we think we are. And we all have it. Right? Okay, number three. Why you're not healing? Because you're looking for a savior. Reason number three. Because you're looking for a savior outside of you. Instead of saving and rescuing your own younger parts that are waiting for you that nobody else can, you're waiting for a doctor, a coach, a mentor, a program, a whatever to rescue you. And when we stay in that mind, mindset, we are forever going from place to place feeling disappointed, spending so much looking for heroes outside of us rather than growing up, realizing and getting mentorship that actually encourages you to grow up. That's not just supportive. It's a supportive end. We'll come and fucking grow up. Grow up sometimes. That's what you need. Otherwise, if, if, you're look, if, if you don't, healing is not for you. Healing might be fully healing. You've probably gotten so far. I mean, if, when you can go to social workers, counselors, and then tell your story again and again, at first, when you're feeling so deeply victimized, it helps to have somebody validate you and say, no, it's not your fault. That person was bad. It was, it was wrong for them to do. That wasn't okay. So that at least you get out of the shame because at first, victims, when we're in victimhood, we first blame ourselves. That's why it's so painful. We got to get over that. That's, the, that's definitely not your fault. But it's really important to take responsibility. To take responsibility to, for being your own savior. To use whatever triggers that are coming up around you, rather than as evidence of your powerlessness, uh, learning the tools and the skills of taking whatever's coming up and going inside instead of projecting outward. And then healing the younger part the younger parts of us that this is bringing up. These younger parts, the wounded inner child, the, uh, you know, the, all of your, and all of the shadows that you've been trying to get rid of. Your work is to be the one to rescue and save them, not look for others to do it. Otherwise, your healing gets blocked. And it's completely dependent on somebody outside of you, dependent on a doctor to fix you, dependent on a pill, dependent on a system. Whereas this healing issue is trying desperately to get you authentic, telling the truth, healing your attachment wounds, living your purpose, speaking your truth, and getting complete with the incompletes of your life that still have you feeling like a little child still have you feeling like you need mommy and daddy to fix you. That's often what our relationships are with therapists. It's like a mommy and daddy. It's like you didn't have your, your needs met. You, did, you didn't feel seen when you were a child. 
So we're looking for doctors, therapists, coaches to be the dad that we didn't have, to be the mom that we didn't have. It's called transference. It's called projection, projection and transference. It's, it's oftentimes it's not doctors that we're going to see. It's, it's surrogate mommy and daddies, which serves the practitioner because now they get to feel needed. That gets their needs met. So you staying stuck, depending on their level of ego and the work that they've done, having a counselor degree, psychology degree, and a psychiatry degree does not mean that you've integrated your own shadows, by the way. They have no right to force those professions to do their own inner work. Interesting, isn't it? So you have a plaque on a wall that says that you can be your counselor, but you don't know if they've done their own healing work. So they could be projecting their shit on you. I've caught myself doing it. You know, I see myself reacting to an older female client who's a mother, and I'm like, geez, I just totally projected my mom onto her. That's something for me to look at and then call myself out on. <laughs> True healers are consistently working towards healing themselves. It's not just a finish line with a plaque on a wall. It's a commitment, a deep commitment to getting as clean and clear with themselves as possible. So if they haven't done their healing work, they will likely keep you stuck in a victim, childlike infantile state saying oh no the bad people outside you they're there you're weak you're so traumatized poor you like seeing you as small little victims is keeping you as a small little victim child and at first you must be uh, uh supported especially when it first happens it's it's very hard nobody's nobody's victim blaming this is about empowerment this is about healing the words are about empowerment and healing. So there's three reasons why you're not healing. And I know that some of the things that I've said, let me know if this triggers you, some of the things that I've said might be con confronting to you. That's okay. This might not be the right community for you. Because the only conversation I'm interested in is healing. If you feel like you want to challenge this, please do. Write in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead. Write it in the comment section. I'm all ears. I you know, I have a baby, so I'm going to do my best to answer and respond. But um, I'm only interested in the conversation of your healing. I'm only interested in your freedom. I'm only interested in releasing you from the bondage that we create in our minds that keep our healing stopped. Why? Because if you don't transcend that, you will pass it down to the next generation. Your, your victimhood will then translate down to your kids. You will project your victimhood onto your children. You will play victim to your children and they will end up not feeling seen and heard, kind of like your parents might have done to you. you were a, they were victims to you. They didn't see you. They didn't emotionally attune to you. You didn't emotionally attune to them because you were responsible for taking care of their emotional needs. See how it happens? Then you feel traumatized because you weren't seen and now you're a victim and a little child and then you raise children and you become the little child. Have you ever experienced that? Fuck, my parents are like emotionally immature adults or they're like little children. This is how intergenerational trauma happens. Lives are at stake. Your children's health is at stake because of you wanting to desperately to cling on to an old story that's fulfilling a few needs. I'm willing to get uncomfortable 
and saying something that won't make me very popular with a lot of people because I stand for healed families. I was able to heal with my family and have probably the best relationship I've ever had with parents who are narcissistic. They are. And it's not their fault. It's just how they were raised uh, and how children are raised. Children are to be seen and not heard. So I, I didn't grow up experiencing empathy from my parents. And so that led to a whole clusterfuck of things that happened in my life that uh, of how I showed up in relationships, creating transactional relationships, being in toxic codependent kind of cycles and blaming the blaming, you know, my partner for it, going through one divorce and one relationship pattern after another of codependency until I finally woke up and said, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to do whatever it takes, travel whatever distance, pay whatever price. I don't care. I want to have a healthy relationship. I want to be able to feel nourished in a relationship. I want to feel like I can tell the truth in a relationship. I want to feel like I, I don't want to feel like I have to hide myself. Ah, ah, I don't want a relationship. Check this out. Just to get my needs met, I, which is transactional. It's like using one another. This is my last relationship. I was using the relationship to feel significant, to, uh, to have certainty, to have drama and uncertainty, and uh, certainty and control and significance and connection, sexual connection, all of that. It, it, it wasn't actually a genuine, unconditionally loving relationship. I didn't know how to have, I didn't know how to have one. I had no idea. I never had it modeled for me. Relationships were transactional. They were all used to feel important, to use to, uh, to acknowledge one's ego. That's how I was raised. So it was no wonder that I had a transactional relationship that was not based on true unconditional love. I didn't know what that meant because I didn't have it for myself. So it was it was painful. It was so painful. It was it, shameful. It was embarrassing to see that. And I had to actually look and see why that was and have compassion for the little boy that chose this type of relationship unconsciously to get his needs met. And I was committed to becoming the kind of person, traveling whatever distance, paying whatever price, so that I can have the holy grail of human human existence, I feel. It's healthy, secure attachments. In other words, your healing challenges, even within your body, have stuff to do with your incomplete relationship breakdowns. That's why the programs that we have for our clients and the work that we do, no matter what your diagnosis is, we don't judge. We don't even, doesn't change anything. The root cause is the same. We go back and we just heal parts of those relationships and heal those things and all of a sudden the body starts to heal. There's less resistance to the self. Those parts that you're just resisting that you hate, you're able to actually have compassion towards them. And then when you have compassion towards them, you start to heal. And then the type of relationships you start to attract are far more emotionally stable. And thanks, thank God to this work, thank God to this method I've kind of put together because I'm living proof that it works. I now have a, hear that little baby? Um, yeah, I, that wasn't possible for me a couple of years ago. Ask anybody who knows me. Ask my twin brother. He was, he was holding Dominic last week, and he was like, I never thought I'd see the day when I'd be holding Nima's kid.
And I'm like, ain't that the truth? So let me know what landed for you in this conversation. Uh, and I want you to think of a few people who are struggling with their health and they're stuck and they're chronically fatigued and they're, ah, and they need to hear this. Generally, it's anybody who has a Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, uh, chronic fatigue, any of those labels, sorry to say, I'll tell you what happens to doctors because a lot of doctors we hang out. We know as soon as you come in with that diagnosis and label, we know it's an emotional thing. We know that it's you're getting those needs met. We know that you're too afraid to face and feel and take ownership. And um, you're just looking outside because now you have – and there's a huge kind of – not ulterior motive but hidden agenda because it's unconscious for you to stay there because it's scary to leave that identity. And if you are resonating with this, send me a DM and you actually are serious about healing it. No, you might just be terrified and go, want to go the other way and that's okay too, you, that's fine. I only want to talk to the people that are like, ugh, enough, I'm ready. I'm ready to heal my attachment wounds, take responsibility, not fault, because I don't have shame about it. I actually have compassion towards myself. Now that I have compassion, I'm gonna make healing that part of me a priority. Send me a DM and let me know your story. And uh, if you're actually ready to transform it over the next few months. This is the last quarter of 2020. How did you do this year? How did you do? This was a, quite the year. If you could go back on March, February, March, where this whole clusterfuck started, how are you doing now? Are you stronger? Or are you coming out feeling weaker and more discombobulated, relationships falling apart. And this is nothing to shame you about, but the crisis also had an opportunity. And I was saying this a few months ago. I said, this is the time. Now is the time to prioritize healing your attachment wounds. That's what this whole community is about. My job every time I get on this Facebook Live is to answer questions, number one, and, and awaken you, wake you up to stop sedating with social media, which happens, but social media can actually be used to awaken that the most important thing is the connection you have with yourself and the family around you and the fact that you're moving towards something meaningful and you have you're able to be in a room with the family members and be able to handle your triggers or be able to regulate yourself through them you know uh, because that's what's going to change the world that's what's going to make you know this impending mental health crisis come to a halt that's the only thing the only thing if people were to prioritize their healing so let me know if if and when you are uh, I have a training message me DM I'd love the training it's a 90-minute training that gives you the steps that we take our clients through and uh, stronger great great year for me but there's more time to do the work and reach the next level Vicki that sounds awesome send me a DM if you're inspired and you really are serious about that let me know what it is that you'd where you'd like to go in the next few months by by January where would you ideally like to be or wherever that is if you're watching on replay the next few months what what would that be and also save the date look at the top of the banner uh the dates or click the link underneath if you're on YouTube our upcoming breathwork and badassery where we go in and delve into the depths of 
healing those attachment traumas. And then the overview experience the following week, which I think this is the 25th, um, where we actually teach you how to heal those traumas, integrating masculine feminine, integrating like your wounded inner child. Uh, this methodology I've come up with blends the cognitive thinking stuff as well as the feeling stuff together and integrates them together. So it's a beautiful um, kind of journey of upgrading you in your intimacy. Everything that I step-by-step step went through, my mess becomes my message. So thank you so much for, um, you know, your participation, your comments. Um, you've been, this community has grown leaps and bounds. I want you to think of a few people that you know really need to listen to this. Invite them into this group and then tag them in this training. Not to call them out, but to help them, to help assist them. Because only if we're inspired and awoken, awareness heals. My job is to help help you become more aware. See you at the next perfect time.